Well, let's talk a little bit more about what you do, because as well as our, our regular audience tuning into this, this podcast, I'm sure there are a lot of young musicians who aspire to be chamber musicians in a quartet, in a piano trio, perhaps. I think we should talk a little bit about the, the <coughs> sacrifices uh, that you make as if, if you decide, and it's a very conscious decision, I'm going to be in a professional string quartet, uh, what you give up in terms of your time and other possibly more lucrative musical opportunities so let's let's go around and, and talk a little bit about that and and impart a little bit of of wisdom and and common sense i think to anybody who's aspiring to this or who sees it as a, as a glamorous life because i think it's it's <laughs> the, the, music, the music making is wonderful but the what the effort that goes in behind and we see that backstage the effort that goes into life in a string quartet uh, is extraordinary yeah i mean it is we seem to be all very, you know, we, we, we almost have it as, you know, we can take it as, as, as written that we're, we're all dedicated to it and serious about it. And it's almost, there's never been a moment where that's really been in doubt in our group. Um, although there have been, of course, moments where it's been difficult to reconcile that with um, daily life and paying rent and, and all sorts, you know. But yeah. what's your advice to, to a young quartet or a young group of friends wanting to get together as a string quartet? See the bigger picture. See the bigger picture. That's, what he That's my catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. 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 What but does that mean? Well, I think you have to have moments where it's, pr it's pretty scary to maybe turn down something that's, you know, paid and going to contribute towards your rent or your future but if you just really work really dedicate yourself to it and then grasp an opportunity on an, an audition maybe or the chance to study on a course and create moments that can give you momentum I'm really grateful that we've been quite stubborn about that even in moments where maybe Individually, you know, one of us might look at it and think, oh, this is really scary. You can support each other and embrace each other and and go for that together. And it's so worth it. Um, I don't know. Whenever we're, you know, playing now Wigmore Hall or if we're, if we're traveling somewhere in, in a beautiful place or playing with other musicians... I take a step back and think, oh, I feel so lucky to do this. And I'm so grateful that we stuck at it. So I think see the bigger picture, see what it um, can become. And don't listen too much to people on the outside who say, <laughs> I had a lot of, you know, oh, you know, what do you do? Oh, I play in a string quartet. And then you could kind of see in their reaction, it was, oh, well, you know, when you grow up, you can get a job. Um, and I think it's easy. People are affected by that. Of course. Um, and you have to be, you know, uh, personally, I'm lucky. And I think we've all been lucky that we've had supportive parents and, and families and friends who, who keep us going with that. And I think that's also important to find people who, who support you in, in your cause. So you don't 
feel alone in in the moments um in the moments of doubt i for me i think um in terms of i mean it is a lot of sacrifice um time and organizing four people's lives and you know having to ask the others if you can take a holiday at this point i mean forget about the financial which is already quite mm. yeah i think the most important thing is to remember what how you're going to feel at the end of your life and for me that's what keeps me i mean i think at the end when i stop playing and i will have played string quartet i mean i will feel fulfilled and happy and like i've done something really meaningful and worthy and i don't think i would feel that with any other path so um, i think that's what keeps me going is to know where you're where you're going and the material side will kind of follow and that we had some tough moments mm. really and now of course it's is going better but i think everything follows when one is dedicated and and connected to that ideal well, that dedication certainly comes across on stage i think it's it's part of the great attraction Cindy, did you want to add something just that i think it's up to each person to figure out sort of in a deep way what do they want and if you truly want to have a career in chamber music then that's kind of a radical choice actually in, in terms of i mean what you give up is having a job basically what you give up is Indeed. social and financial security and the question is what do you want to do and what's the most important for you to do in life and i think there are many paths as musicians as well that can be really fulfilling and can can be suitable but but it's up to you to find out what it is for you and also it's okay to try things so it's it's um if it it it's it's good to try different parts and 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 see how do you feel playing in orchestra how do you feel when you teach how how do you you know that, that, that you can always change that so this is a vocation really it's it you've, you've all taken these these vows to to uh, to be in a string quartet and 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 hopefully stay together for many decades yeah. i think you'll be playing in this hall for many decades and i think it'll be very important to the to the future of this institution can i just have your reaction to what it was like because it's it should be fresh in the memory easter sunday oh. of, <laughs> of this year 2017 yeah it was amazing. Uh, it was your debut. Yes. Yes. Your, your official Wigmore Hall debut. It was <laughs> what was that like to come through the doors early on a Sunday morning? Special Sunday morning as well, because it's, it's... Sunday, yeah. Mm. Yes. I have to say, for me, uh, although we'd kind of played on the stage before, um, you know, obviously there was that pressure of it being the debut, but um, walking out and seeing the full hall, the balcony full so many familiar faces um well that really got my uh, my heart racing um but in a good way that was i mean it i mean it's such a of course such a um a legendary hall and we've all been coming to concerts here and to look out at it full and knowing you're about to play this astonishing repertoire just felt like an unbelievable honor and you know 
the adrenaline kick is, is quite thrilling. Could definitely live on that for a few years. <laughs> I mean, it does feel kind of like, uh, am I mad or what? Like, I'm I'm doing my debut at Wigmore Hall and I'm playing Razumovsky 1 by Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, among others. But, um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, it's such a special atmosphere and acoustic and, and, and like a special community and, and uh, you, you can feel very strongly h how you're being listened to as well. Well, they want you to do well. And supported, mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, there's a feeling of the home crowd, you know, as well. Because yeah. like, It's a home, a home match. And the acoustic yeah. is your friend. It yeah. just gently lifts you up. I mean, it's very rare. It's incredibly... I mean, forget the, yeah, the home crowd, which is already incredibly caring and... Yeah, they want they want you to do well for sure. Mm. Of course, I, I think we'd be lying if we we wouldn't say we also were nervous. Yes, for sure. Nervous, but still with friends helping you. I mean, it's yeah. still this. Yeah. yeah. I must say, uh, Schubert's quartet sats was not the most relaxing piece with which Indeed. to start. <laughs> I mean, the whole program was crazy. Yeah. Let's talk about the program for the opening coffee concert of mm. the seventeen eighteen season because you have that honor as well of do. of well, yeah. doing the first. Yeah coffee concert of, of the new season uh, remind us of what's in that well um, we're from having played Razumovsky 1 a nice easy start we're then going to play <laughs> Death and the Maiden um, Schubert's Death and the Maiden in that concert And um, but we're going to start it with Mozart K428 in E flat um, quite happy with that programme actually yes. <laughs> We should talk a little bit about contemporary music and uh, <coughs> composers, living composers, anybody you admire or anything you want to tackle, uh, anything on the horizon. Uh, yes, I mean, so, so many exciting things. I hope we get to play some Kurtag or Kurtag soon. Have you, have you met him? Have you, have you worked with him? I haven't, unfortunately, but I think there's this amazing Hungarian tradition and uh, I always hear about him because I, I've worked with people who have <laughs> worked with him quite a lot. Um, not in terms of living, but I mean, I, I think I would love to delve into, into Ligeti, Ubaidulina. Mm. Uh, yeah. mm. Um have you played both of Thomas Addis' quartets yet? Have you looked at these? Mm -hmm. no. Just, just the second. Okay. Okay. We're definitely going to yeah. learn. We already have the score. We already have the score. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have the score. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that. Playing the second quartet's been a journey as well because yeah. it's an amazingly beautifully crafted and imaginative piece, and it's. Uh, I think it's it's brought a lot to us. Yeah. I would love for us to have the chance to, to, to work with composers actually even more than we currently do, but I think yeah. that'll come in a couple of years' time. Mm. When and what about other collaborators, clarinetists, pianists, that extra viola, extra cello It's sometimes? so exciting <laughs> to have someone coming in. For, I mean, yes. Yeah. But, but, but who's, who, who, are you, who are you working with? Because it's so early. You, don't, you haven't established those relationships yet. So. No, so we're still... With mm. I mean, at, at the moment, uh, we have various co collaborations with um, other Waikat artists, actually. Uh, mm. You know, the wonderful oboist, uh, Oliver Stankiewicz, mm -hmm. and, or, and uh, we will do 
Brahms piano quintet with uh, Daniel Lebhardt. Which would be wonderful, of course. Yeah, yes. and uh, well, Alistair Beaton is a wonderful um, and quite special pianist who who uh, has an incredible relationship with Foray, of course, and, and we, we got the chance to play the second Foray quintet with him, which we greatly enjoyed. I had the pleasure of um, listening to these chaps play the Trout Quintet with Tom Poster. Oh, yeah. Who we also um, collaborated with um, in the Dvorak Bagatelles. He's on harmonium. And it was absolutely, that oh, was a, such a fun collaboration with him. Yes. I loved playing with Nils Monkemeyer, the wonderful violist. And I think he brought such fire to our playing. And I still feel his influence tremendously. We played here with Amy Harmon. Yes. Um, which went down very well indeed. And yeah, and she brought something new. That I don't know. And she. So these I, visiting professors are very important. Yeah. And we love we love one person actually who we <coughs> love uh, to play with, and who um, uh, we sort of think of ourselves as have a sort of an official member of the quartet <laughs> is Simon Roland Jones, the the violist and editor and composer. Mm. Editor of uh, of the Haydn the greatest living authority on Haydn string quartets, yeah. Yeah. Well, without doubt. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, he's he's the best. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> we, we, best we've we've been uh, uh, playing some of his music. Well, we played his second string quintet at the, at his festival. Um, not at his yeah, festival his in festival. Italy, in but we'll be going to his festival later this we're year. With him. Good. And yes. and we'll we'll play it uh, again next year. And yeah. we're playing a Mozart quintet next week with him. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, But his his music, I think, reflects the man. It's so warm and natural, and just the flows and is is such a a pleasure to play. Absolutely. And it's been it's been incredible to play these Haydn um, Opus seventy sixes to him. And he's so generous and puts us at such ease that we have played them to him at an incredibly early stage, each one. Um, and, you know, it's it's been um, uh, totally invaluable and remarkably helpful. Yeah. So final question then. Uh, do you have a five-year plan? It's, we use this in the business world. It's a dreadful thing all the time. Even even in the arts, we're we're subjected to five-year plans and we've got to submit them to various trusts and foundations and to the Arts Council and all the rest. But they are important. Uh, the thinking in terms of three or five years, you know, is Bartok on the horizon? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, you Shostakovich, yeah. Shostakovich, what's out there? What's, what's Bartok coming up? Bartok 4 is the, mm. is the next yes. Bartok, I think. Yes. yes. Yeah. Now, we have a sort of overall repertoire plan, which still can live a little bit. But um, So is it like a, a, a pipeline plan that you have and it moves around, just as yes. a business plan does? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. We, we are in the process of learning all the Brahmses and all the Schumanns. Um, we are programming quite a bit of Beethoven, new Mozart, Janacek, we really, written... We really yeah, want to sure. do a Bartok cycle, don't yes, we? That would yes. be... Uh, yes, so I think we're, we're all... Uh, yeah. 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 And what about just, just uh, in particular, from your from your native land, uh, from Finland? Yes. Oh, I would love to. I mean, I think... Well, of course, it's a cliche. I would love to play uh, the Sibelius... Um, but it, I think it's just sort of was pushed back in the plan. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not sure when it's coming, but it will come. Um, 
it's it's strange how as a person who grew up in Finland how deeply ingrained that sort of harmonic language is in you and of course there's tons of incredibly interesting contemporary living composers like Kaja Saariaho or Sebastian Fagelund or Magnus Lindberg or a huge number of them actually there's a wonderful uh, culture for composing and I mean I'd love to commission something Finnish at some point I'm sure it's eminently possible what about uh. what about British music yeah I mean We've got I, an Elgar anniversary coming up here in 19, if that helps. Uh, <laughs> We'd love to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, I suppose, we've been playing Thomas Addis, which has been our sort of flagship piece. What about by British or Britain? Britain? Britain is in our plan for next year. Yeah. Yeah, yes. The second Britain Quartet, which is very Possibly exciting. the first as well, I think. The first Britain Quartet, right, yeah. yeah. And the French school? The French school, we've done uh, Ravel a lot. And we've learned also Saint-Saëns. Didier! And we're going to learn all of them anyway. Didier! <laughs> Didier, we're going to... Oh, yeah, Didier. that's why she of wants course. to play string quartet, Cini. Yeah. So we have to do Didier. And c'est la nuit, the that. best piece ever. <laughs> For, and Foray, Foray. Yeah. we want to play Foray. Foray. Yeah. yeah, and Debussy, everything. We're going to play everything. French music is quite that's important. That's a plan. I think we have a commission coming up possibly as well. Uh, yeah, anyway. With, with uh, Olivier. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, a Great. French composer. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we can end it there. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And for okay. uh, the exciting future that's ahead uh, for our audiences here over many years to come. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.